The Mariners seemingly had today's game against the White Sox in the bag, and then, well, let's just talk about it here on the Locked On Mariners postgame show. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Locked On Mariners postgame show. It is Wednesday, September 7th, 2022, and thank you so much for making us your first listen after the game. We are free and available on all platforms with new episodes dropping every Monday through Friday. I am your host, Setting Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. We cover the Mariners over at InsideTheMariners.com for Fan Nation over on the Sports Illustrated Network. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, C-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at C. Pat 11 that's cpat11 be sure to also check out our patreon over at patreon.com forward slash control the zone we post two additional podcasts on there every single week again that is patreon.com forward slash control the zone and if this is your first time joining us here on the locked on mariners podcast welcome to the show if you like what you hear give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this and if you're watching us on youtube hit the subscribe button turn on the notification bell and give this video a thumbs up we greatly appreciate it the Mariners unfortunately fall to the White Sox by a score of 9-6 to six this afternoon. And on the show today, we'll dive into the defensive miscues and missed opportunities on offense that led to the loss. How Luis Castillo went from a historic day on the mound to not being able to even finish the sixth. And while it wasn't a successful day for Castillo as a whole, we're going to talk about his future in Seattle and what an extension could look like for the Mariners' ace. But first, before we hop into our topics for the, for the day... We have a favor to ask you. I've received a few messages here and there from our listeners saying, hey, I want to come on the show. How can I be a part of the show? Well, we are now extending an opportunity to you, our listener, to be a part of a very special episode of Locked On Mariners. We are asking you today to submit a video to us by, let's say, the end of next week. So next Friday of you saying your name, how long you've been a Mariners fan, and why or rather what the Mariners making the playoffs and ending the 20-year playoff drought means to you. You can submit your video to us at LockedOnMariners at gmail.com, and uh, we're hoping to compile all these videos, all these messages from you guys into one very special episode of Locked On Mariners later this month. So again, LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. Please make the video around 45 seconds to about a minute. And of course, you know, keep it clean and all that good stuff. And we'll be sure to include it in our special episode of Locked On M's. So, and if you have friends or uh, family or anyone that is a Mariners fan, uh, but doesn't listen to Locked On Mariners, please let them know about it. Please have them submit a video telling their story as a fan as well. And it doesn't matter how long you've been a fan, how little you've been a fan, what kind of fan you are. All fans of the Mariners are welcome to uh, tell us why or what rather I keep on saying why, uh, but what the Mariners making the postseason would mean to you. All right, so let's uh, let's hop into today's game. Unfortunately, the Mariners fall nine to six to the White Sox, and this was a very uncharacteristic game for the Mariners for the most part. Obviously, you know the the offense did score six runs, but there were plenty of runs left on the table. Uh, they were bad with runners in scoring position today, uh, but that wasn't particularly the reason that they lost today. It definitely contributed to the loss, but not exactly the the reason for the loss today. 
A lot of unearned runs scored by the White Sox thanks to a rare bad defensive day from the Mariners. The Mariners, you know, they're very good at doing the little things. They are one of the most efficient defenses in all of baseball or, you know, if not the most efficient defense in all of baseball. Uh, but it was just a bad day. Bad day for Kirk Casale. Bad day for A. Eugenio Suarez. Um, you know, defensively speaking, of course, good day for, for Gino at the plate, but, uh, this was, uh, yeah, it was just not at all the Mariners team that we've really seen. The bullpen wasn't particularly great either. Uh, so is this just a, a bump in the road, Colby, considering the way that they lost, or is this a, you know, maybe a concerning sign for the future? <clears throat> uh, it's certainly more of a bump of bump in the road, uh, than anything else, because these were uncharacteristic mistakes, um, you know, and we've seen a few of those uh, on the bases the last few weeks. Uh, you know, we, we've seen some really bad at bats and that, you know, a lot of guys expanding the zone who usually don't. So we've seen some of that, but today it all kind of came to a head. Uh, again, there were terrible at bats with runners in scoring position. Um, you know, the Mariners gave up six unearned runs uh, in this, in this game, uh, which is, it's gotta be the most they've given up this year. That's, that's a massive number. Um, and if you're a team like Seattle, who is, you know, prided yourself on pitching and defense, you have to perform with, we have to win with those tools. And if you don't, uh, you're going to get ugly games like this. And, and, you know, you give credit to, to Suarez at the plate at two home runs, three RBI, you know, you really try to, uh, to kind of lift this offense. Julio got on base three times, including a double, uh, scored a run, uh, like, you know, there were, there were some contributors in this offense today, but not nearly enough. Uh, too many times they came up with the bases loaded or runners on first and second, no out runners on second and third one out. And they just could not get that guy. They couldn't get that big hit that they needed. Uh, they had a chance to put this game completely out of reach early on and they just could not do it. And that's unfortunately, you know, kind of becoming a trend. And, and because the Mariners don't do that consistently, they have to, uh, play really good defense and pitch very well. And today they really didn't do either of those things. Um, so, yeah, you know, you just chalk it up. It's a bad loss. Uh, thank goodness they found a way to win last night, uh, kind of avoid disaster. And and that's really all the Mariners have to do going forward here over the next week or so. Just avoid that sweep. Just don't don't fall into a long losing streak. The Mariners are still, you know, in really good shape. And mm -hmm. today is just one of those days that, you know, you hope you forget. And now they get a, a day off at home uh, tomorrow. Um, and I think they get another one on Monday as well. So good chance to reset bullpen should be back in pretty good shape after tomorrow. Uh, I just, I wouldn't read too much into, into today. It's just, um, an ugly baseball game to watch. And, and we haven't had a lot of those recently. So at least mm. defensively, we haven't had a lot of those recently. So, mm. uh, yeah, just, you know, reset, take tomorrow off, relax and, and, uh, get ready for a really good series against a very good baseball team in Atlanta this weekend. Such a buzzkill today, though. They get out to yeah. a four nothing lead, uh, and after you know Gino's first home run, which was so loud, that was Nelly esque uh, mm -hmm. from uh, from Eugenio Suarez, just exactly like Nelson Cruz. That, that the sound of that bat, I mean, it was it was stunning. It was that was really cool. Uh, even Julio's double um, right before that as well was loud as hell. Like they were. Um, they were they were ripping the ball off of Michael Kopech today, uh, and it just seemed like everything was going for him. Man, you know, Luis Castillo uh, is just cruising through the first three innings. They give him run support. It's like, all right, this is just this is in the bag. They got mm -hmm. this. Like series they, victory, all yeah. that. You know, just cruise. You're high step into the mm -hmm. end zone at that point, and it's just, yeah. <laughs> 
The Mariners are going to win apart. that. Yeah, the Mariners are going to win that game 99 times out of 100. Mm-hmm. Um, and today, just that one day, and you, you see why. Like, it just all kind of fell apart on them. Um, I think it kind of started, honestly, when uh, Frazier was, wasn't really able to turn that double play. Uh, and that allowed Eloy to come up to the plate and, and cut the deficit in half. And from then on, it was basically all all White Sox. So, uh, you know, not a very clean transfer from Frazier, not a lot on the throw. Uh, and, you know, Abreu, give him credit, he was hustling down the line and, and you know, he beat it by a step and, and the next pitch, boom, and, and we're off to the races. And, and obviously, you know, there's, uh, you know, there's the – Gino Suarez air uh, that kind of kickstarted the mm. the sixth. And, and if he makes that play, I think the Mariners probably win this game because like you said, you know, Castillo was cruising um, at that point. And so kind of unraveled on him there. They couldn't stop the bleeding. Uh, and uh, that's, that's been rare for this team. So again, mm. nothing too worried about, nothing to be too worried about, but uh, you know, it, it's just, it's a good reminder that if the Mariners don't play good defense, um, then they're going to lose a lot. So, mm. so they got to get this cleaned up and it's not just, you know, not making errors. It's, it's making all those little plays too, like getting the clean transfer and, and making a good throw to first base to, to get a slow runner. Um, those are the little things that you have to, you have to hit your cutoff, man. You know, you have to, you have to go to third base on a ground ball to second base. You know, you have to do all those little things, right? Because the Mariners just, they don't have the thump really to, uh, to just continue to crack home runs day after day. Yeah. Because it's just so out of character for them. I'm, I'm not, putting too much stock into this loss uh for the mariners it's just you know it's a bad day it's a bad day it's a, an afternoon game it's been a weird schedule since they started this homestand it's gonna you know uh, balance itself out a little bit here over the weekend uh get more uh, back on a on a regular schedule uh over the next few days to get an you know an off day uh tomorrow and another off day on monday before they play the padres so a lot of rest um to come for them and then you know at that point it's go time they only get one more rest day or off day um for the rest of the regular season so it's just go 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 but yeah uh wouldn't worry too much about this really wouldn't worry too much about this because it's just uh, you know these are not the the reasons that that the mariners are typically losing games this year this isn't you know something that you really uh you just you kind of just wash your hands of this and and move on uh because you know this isn't really to me a a sign of anything building anything snowballing it's just a a rare occurrence rare hiccup and you get back on the horse on the weekend see how it goes against you know a very good braves team uh that you could run into a brick wall against that team but the mariners have so much of a cushion right now that um you should feel comfortable with where they are and even if they do have a little more of a hiccup uh, over the weekend so all right uh we'll talk about luis castillo and his day and how things kind of unraveled for him in just a moment but real quick a reminder this episode of locked on mariners is brought to you by built bar if you haven't tried built bar puffs yet you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys guess what there's a new flavor you ready delicious indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate that's right built has done it again let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture real cookie dough chunks and of course they're covered in 100 percent real chocolate all of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it plus it's healthy for you cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them So run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat. Or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. 
Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-1-5 for 15% off your order. Again, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-1-5 for 15% off your order at built.com. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners post-game show. Thank you again for making us your first listen after the game. And Colby, <laughs> I thought Luis Castillo was going to throw a no-hitter at least today. The way that this game started, he strikes out the first seven batters he faces, tying an American League record, just two off of the Major League Baseball record. And then from that point forward, you know, was pitching to contact more, or at least, you know, they were getting more contact off of him. Uh, I don't believe his eighth strikeout of the day came for another couple of innings after his seventh strikeout of the day. And uh, and it just, I don't know, it, it just wasn't the same as we had seen through the first three innings in the fourth, fifth, and sixth. And then, of course, the defensive miscues and just everything kind of unraveled from there. He gives up the two-run home run to Eloy Jimenez after the uh, the double play review, all that, as you mentioned earlier. Um, it's just, I don't know, it, it, was, it was weird how he went from looking like the most dominant pitcher on the planet to a guy that could be had a little bit in just a matter of a couple of innings. What did you see from Castillo today? Yeah, uh, tremendous stuff early, uh, but still catching a lot of the plate. Um, but for the most part, you know, good. I would say good command uh, in the first two or three innings. And then after that, it was just kind of, you know, everything's middle of the plate or it's, you know, a non-competitive pitch it's, it's not on the corner it's, it's well off the corner so it feels like this was more of a command uh issue uh he only walked one batter uh but it just felt like most everything was was middle of the plate after the after the third inning um something knocked him off his rhythm i, I don't know what it was exactly uh overall the final line is is actually okay it's five and two thirds and five hits and one walk with eight strikeouts like that's pretty good uh against a, a decent white Sox lineup uh but you know, it just, it's one of those things that it felt like after the, you know, watching the fourth and the fifth a little bit, it felt like, you know, it was going to take one mistake for this game to, to kind of turn on its head. And uh, unfortunately, you know, Gino, the first ball of the, of the sixth, he butchers it more or less. And, and uh, it all just kind of snowballed from there. But yeah, Castillo cruise control early, uh, lost, lost some, some feel, uh, particularly on the command and control side of things. Um, and you know, the white Sox were aggressive. They, they attacked, uh, early in the counts, didn't let them get deep into counts and, and, uh, they were able to put the ball in play, uh, you know, a bunch of single in there of CNI single, uh, to score another run. And then, you know, a, a double, uh, back to back doubles. Uh, and that, that was pretty much it for him. Uh, he actually, you know, he didn't give up a ton of hard contact in this game more than you would like to see, but, um, you know, just seven hard hit balls, uh, in, in five and two thirds, it's not terrible. Uh, it's just one of those games, you know, it, it's, it started great. And then you can kind of see that yeah, he's not quite as effective in the fourth and the fifth. And he's just, something wasn't quite right. Catching a lot of the plate. And then all of a sudden in the sixth, uh, you know, Gino makes his mistake and, and uh, you know, the white Sox capitalize and, and Castillo just couldn't quite find a way to get out of it. Like he has in the past. Um, overall, he's fine. Like he's fine. Uh, he'll be mm-hmm. fine. It's just one of those, again, it's one of those starts where a couple little things don't go his way and he couldn't find a way to work around the things that didn't go his way. Uh, and it's it uh, led to the result we saw. So it's unfortunate, but it's baseball. 
Elvis Andrews once again tormenting the Mariners with that punt single in the top of the sixth that kept the ball rolling there um, and gave the the White Sox a, a lot of momentum there, getting the first two runners on base. Uh, he finishes the year now 11 for 40 against the Mariners with five home runs, a double, seven runs batted in, eight strikeouts, four walks. But thankfully, the Mariners are done with Elvis Andrews for the rest of the year. Unless the White Sox win the division and then they run into the Mariners. And then, uh, yeah, that would be unideal. Um, I got some other numbers here. Uh, so a lot of talk about Kirk Casale because today was uh, not very good for uh, for old Kirk Casale. Uh, he's played seven games now in a Mariners uniform since being activated. He is two for 21 with eight strikeouts, two walks, two runs batted in, and a double. Uh, and he uh, was mm, not very good at the plate uh, today and not very good behind it either. Uh, he's now caught uh, Luis Castillo, his former teammate in Cincinnati, three times. Uh, and then uh, Castillo has been caught by other catchers four times since coming over to Seattle. And the three starts with Casale, uh, 16 and two-thirds innings pitch, 17 hits allowed, eight earned runs allowed, 23 strikeouts, three walks. And then without Casale in four starts, 26 and two-thirds innings pitch, 19 hits, five earned runs, 28 strikeouts, seven walks. So. Against better quality opponents too. <laughs> against better quality, yeah. Because yeah. you, yeah, the three starts with uh, Casale against the A's, against the Guardians, and then today against the White Sox, and then without Casale, Yankees, Yankees, Guardians, Angels. So, yeah. Uh, so who wants to apologize to Luis Torrens first? I, I, you know, I mean. <laughs> Well, Luis so that's the thing. Is like, is it time? Is it time to maybe consider bringing Luis back? I don't know uh, because I just I don't know. Like, are the Mariners going to use him? Because part of the thing with Casali and also Jake Lamb is that the Mariners just don't use those guys. So it's really hard to you know get in a rhythm uh, when you're not getting mm-hmm. consistent at bats. So like, could Casali be better? Be caught twice a week instead of once a week or three times a week? Maybe, but you don't want to take you know, Cal Raleigh out of the lineup. So mm-hmm. you're, you're kind of, you know, stuck. So unless you're willing to send somebody down and bring up a third catcher, I I don't see the Mariners doing that. And I don't see, you know, them DHing uh, either Casale or, or Raleigh on a regular basis. So uh, I think you just kind of roll with it. Uh, hope he figures it out along the way. He's a veteran. He's been there. He's done that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he's been, he's been bad, you know, in, in very limited opportunities. And, and, you know, just, it's it's frustrating when you know they're like oh well no look we made these these marginal upgrades and we got this you know this platoon guy and Jake Lamb and we got this really good backup who's going to help us and be a huge upgrade over Luis Torrens and they haven't used Lamb and and Caselli hasn't been an upgrade over Luis Torrens so um, yeah it, it's it's frustrating to watch right now because. Casali is is not been as advertised and you know we also need to recognize that he did miss a good chunk of the season with an injury so there's mm-hmm. still timing issues and all on that end as well so, so it's kind of like a lot of things are kind of you know conspiring against Kirk Casali right now but he has not been good for the Mariners and, and he has not been the upgrade over Luis Torrens that uh, that we were all promised yeah so we'll see if you know that's a good point about him coming off of the injury and 
you know, he's not playing much. So like you said, it's hard to get in a rhythm. Uh, so, you know, this doesn't entirely fall on Casale, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you need some production out of that, out of that spot specifically, you know, on the defensive end, you know, offensively speaking, whatever, he's a backup catcher, backup catchers really don't hit. Obviously he's kind of been an exception in the past, but for the most part, you know, when you have a backup catcher in the lineup, you're not really expecting them to do any any sort of damage. You just need them to be able to keep things afloat defensively. And Kirk Casale didn't do that, particularly in the ninth inning of this game. Um, so I don't know. I, I think if that continues to be an issue down the road, you kind of have to think about it with, with Terenz. But also, you know, Terenz isn't great defensively either. So it's, uh, yeah. You're just kind of in a weird spot there right now. Boy, does this team miss Murphy. It really does. Yeah, imagine if Tom Murphy wasn't hurt. If, if you had Cal Raleigh and Tom Murphy uh, catching for you, wow, that would be <laughs> be nice. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's circle back to, um, to uh, Luis Castillo. Obviously not a great day today, but I think we're all in agreement here that Luis Castillo should be a Seattle Mariner beyond 2023. Uh, and Jeff Passan of ESPN felt pretty confident that that is going to be the case uh, when he was on 710 Seattle Sports about a week ago. Uh, we weren't able to uh, get to this. Um, I don't know if it was because of uh, not doing a show or, or something, but we weren't able to uh, get to Passan's, uh, Passan's comments. He also talked about Mitch Hanniger uh, and his willingness to uh, accept a qualifying offer or uh, sign an extension in Seattle. Um, we might talk about that uh, if we have time later today or uh, – uh, maybe on another show, but let's talk about Castillo here. Um, Passan basically said what what we had said when the you know the last time we talked about an extension for Castillo on the show that it's probably going to be somewhere around the um, Robbie Ray ballpark. What Robbie Ray signed for in Seattle, maybe not the exact same structure with the uh, option or what have you, but you know we know that the Mariners are probably going to get creative with it. Jerry Depoto is going to get creative with it. There probably will be some sort of option in there, uh, but the uh, the deal at face value for Robbie Ray was, of course, five years, $115 million. Uh, Passan also mentioned the Joe Musgrove extension with the Padres, which was five years, $100 million. Um, that doesn't sound like a lot of money for Luis Castillo, someone who is going to slot in at the top of your rotation. To me, Luis Castillo is a $26, $27 million guy, but this is more like $22, $23, $24 million a year. Um, so, I mean, if that's actually what it's going to take to sign Luis Castillo, I'm signing that yesterday. Um, but what do you think at the end of the day a, a Castillo extension is going to look like? Yeah, you know, there's been no shortage of comps for Castillo uh, over the last few years. There's plenty of guys who are in Castillo's range that have signed deals. You look at Zach Wheeler, uh, you look at Barrios, uh, Gossman, Ray, and all these guys have gotten roughly the same deal. It's somewhere between, it's somewhere five years, five to seven years at between 20 to $24 million AAV. That's just the going rate for guys like like Luis Castillo, and, and there's upside in Castillo still. Uh, that hasn't yet been reached. So when you know when Passon says Robbie Ray, that's that's twenty three million AAV, which is right in range. Uh, now I I think you know you do have to adjust for inflation, and obviously you know every year the contracts get a little bit bigger. So if you want to adjust for inflation at you know the rate of inflation, let's say ten percent, uh, then I think you're looking at five years, you know one hundred twenty five million dollars. That's about ten percent more than Robbie Ray got. So. 
uh, it's it's really not that big of a, a contract uh, extension for what you get. Um, you know, getting a, a number two, number three starter for twenty three million dollars a year. It's actually still a tremendous bargain. It's one of the bigger bargains you can get in baseball right now. The difference between like a number two and an ace on the open market is quite literally fifteen million dollars a year. So, uh, yeah, I, I I do think you're probably looking at something. You know, obviously Castillo has to want to sign here, but I, I don't think that's going to be an issue. He has to, you know, want to commit long term. Again, I don't think that's going to be an issue for him. Uh, so I think ultimately, when you look at it, I think the Mariners get a little creative here, like they did with Robbie Ray. I, I think ult, like if everything maxes out, I think they would be willing to go five and one twenty five, one thirty. But there's probably an opt out after year three, or an op, uh, some kind of vesting option that turns into a player option um at some point down the line but the Mariners can get really creative here they have the money they can they can sign Castillo to this extension uh tomorrow and still have a lower payroll heading into the offseason than they have right now so um it's just one of those things it, it shouldn't be too hard to get done if there's interest on both sides uh you know John Stanton was on uh, the new restart Brock and Salk podcast last night <laughs> they asked him about Luis Castillo long term and it was it was the you know the wet fart sound effect of an answer. It was just nothing, nothing of substance there. Uh, but it, it wasn't as encouraging as you might like. Uh, not even like a well, boy, we sure hope so. No, just like, Oh, well, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it works, you know? And it's just not what you want to hear from the owner, <laughs> especially when there's, you know, like cheapness accusations flying around. But I think, I think something gets done. I would be pretty surprised if it doesn't get done this winter. I think ultimately it's, going to be five one and 20 somewhere in that mm-hmm. range um and again because it's not really my money and i really like the player i'm fine if they want to go five one 130 140 150 somewhere in that range i really don't care that much um yeah I, I think there's a chance it maxes out at that but there would be a lot of incentives involved and stuff like that and i do think castillo is going to get an option uh or an opt-out opportunity somewhere in that contract it's just kind of the way the marriage have been doing business lately uh particularly with the pitchers you look at you say kikuchi you look at chris flexen you look at robbie ray opt-outs all have opt-outs so mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes but uh, i i'm pretty confident castillo is going to be here beyond 2023 yeah, same. Uh, I think it's a pretty high likelihood at this point. And, um, you know, the Mariners have been working closely with Castillo. It seems like he's uh, very receptive to, you know, how they handle business on the pitching side of things. I mean, it seems like he's fit in perfectly with that clubhouse. So, um, you know, and we know how much the, the, the Mariners value fit off the field. Um, and it seems like there's been no issues with that. And so, they're, they're you know, mm-hmm. that plays a big role in who they keep around. You know, who, right. who, who they want to you be know, able to, you know, be the who they want to have be the face of the uh, franchise, you know, uh, faces right. of and, the franchise rather. Yeah, that's something Stan mentioned yesterday, like his big concern. So he says uh, when looking at whether or not he wants to commit to a player, uh, he says his number one concern is his character and people who represent the team well. And it's. He kept Kevin Mather for a while, so whatever. Um, yeah, he took a while to fire Kevin Mather. So. <laughs> and technically, you didn't fire him. And when asked, would you have yeah. fired him if he didn't quit? You said, I didn't have to make that decision. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So call me skeptical there, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Owner, man. But mm. <laughs> So we'll see. But Castillo does seem to check that box um, as well. So uh, one thing that I think will help here is that if the Mariners get a home playoff game, uh, the excitement level of the fan base and, you know, blah, blah, blah on the playoffs. That's no longer hypothetical. That's no longer theoretical. 
it's it's there and you've experienced it, I think you're going to have an easier time getting Castillo to sign on uh, and that too because it, it does matter. You know, mm. players want to play in front of fans. They want to play in front of people who care um, and they want to get paid. And the Mariners right now can offer all three of those things to Luis Castillo. And nobody even has a shot to, to pitch that to him for another year and uh, another 14 months, basically. So figure it out, get it done. And I think something will get done. All right, so that is going to do it for our show. On tomorrow's show, I, I think we're going to talk a little bit about some end-of-season awards, the Rookie of the Year debate between Julio and Adley Rutschman and all that good stuff. And, yes, I know we forgot to mention Adley Rutschman on yesterday's show. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Manager of the Year as well. I uh, want to talk about why, why Scott Service uh, deserves to, uh, to win that. Oh, is Adley that guy who's not as good as Cal Raleigh? Is mm. it that guy? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Cool. Mm. Cool. Yeah. No. Mm. The the fake Cal Raleigh, right? The one in Baltimore. Mm. The poor man's Cal Raleigh. Gotcha. Gotcha. My bad. My bad. <laughs> are you okay. sure that's? Are you sure? Come at me a, in the comments, bro. Are, are, are I don't you care. Sure, that's a bit that you want to commit to. <laughs> Adley Rutschman. I'm all good. in, man. I'm all Adley's in. Adley's pretty good, though. But he's not as good as Cal Raleigh, though. So Cal right. Raleigh, number one catcher in baseball. That's right. I said it. <laughs> Leave your hateful comments down in the comment section because it's good for the YouTube algorithm. Ah, uh, we tricked you. The more you complain, the more successful we become. <laughs> See, the the only reason we say dumb stuff is so we we get you guys to leave comments and, and improve the YouTube algorithm, and that's totally I, the only reason that we say dumb stuff. And I don't not any I've other never reason. said I've never said dumb things on the show. So, all, all right. I, I don't know what so, you're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so once again, as a reminder, if uh, you are interested in participating in our <laughs> if you're interested in participating in our uh, special episode that we're going to be doing later this month, send a video of yourself uh, saying who you are, what's your name, uh, how long you've been a Mariners fan, and what the Mariners make in the playoffs would mean to you send it to locked mariners at gmail.com again please keep it to around 45 seconds to about a minute and uh, keep clean and all that good stuff and uh yeah get it to us by the end of next week we'll leave you guys some more reminders throughout the next few episodes as well so don't worry about that anywho for Colby Patnode, I'm Tidane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dan Gonzalez, the C-A-N-E, G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11. That's a C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Now for your second listen, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 it's an eight episode extravaganza to get you ready for the nfl season the local team experts of the locked on podcast network plus a betting angle from lee sterling of locked on bets all combining into one ultimate nfl preview search for ultimate pro football preview 2022 on your odyssey app youtube or wherever you get your podcasts and with that have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you tomorrow peace